Good morning. Scripture reading this morning will be from the book of Daniel. You'll open your Bibles to Daniel chapter 2, verses 14 through 19. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, Why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Arioch then explained this matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to David in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. Buenos días, hermanos. Es un placer estar hablando con ustedes el día de hoy. Just kidding, just kidding. I'm going to do it in English. I'm going to do it in English. Um, no, really, uh, thank you so much for, for having me here. Uh, as always, it's a pleasure for me to be here um, and try to bring you something that I think God is teaching me, right, so we can apply it all together. So, since I was a kid, I love science. Who here loves science? You faithful people, thank you for being here. I uh, <laughs> love it, right? Science is, is amazing, right? Since I was a kid, I love it. Um, for where I come from, um, in high school, we study chemistry and physics, you know, when you're in high school. So I fall in love, especially with physics, because physics explains how the world works. And I realized since a very young age that there are laws that rule the world, like gravity, right? Nobody can escape gravity. No matter who you are, where you are, Gravity is going to affect you, but gravity is weird also because it works different in different places, especially when you go outer space. And outer space, that's my jam, right? I'm geek about outer space. You know, when we're talking about um, the galaxies and the universe, keep growing, right? Like, how is that even possible? Is God still creating? So how that works, right? And then you talk about, um, you know, that you go to weird things like a stream theory, multiverse, splitting atom. I mean, there, there's a bunch of things about outer space that I'm like, this is absolutely amazing. But one of the things that always caught my attention was Newton's law of motion, right? And, and you probably heard a few of them. You probably study about it. You don't remember anymore. But the, the third law of, of Newton's law of motion said, for every action, there is an equal and an opposite. Exactly. Everybody knows that one, right? And basically what this law says is this. Forces are created when two objects uh, work together, right? Interact with each other, right? So basically what happens is this. When an object push another object with force, there is an equal and opposite force that is reacting against that action, right? That's how it works. So for example, if you take a, um, a fish, right, swimming in the water. It's not like the fish, you know, like just swim in the water. That's not how it works. The fish move its body, push the water with certain force, and then the water push the fish back, and that is what creates the propulsion, right? I'm bringing you to school right again. We're here. So that's what happened with the fish. It's the same thing happened every time you drive a car, right? When you, your, your car, obviously, is pushing the ground with certain force, and the ground is pushing it back. So when you accelerate, 
is thanks to the force that the wheel is bringing to the ground and the one is pushing, pushing up, right, in the opposite direction, that's the reason why your car moves forward. It's not the wheel just be, will be spinning the whole time. Happens the same thing when you play basketball, right? You bounce the ball, the balls bounce back. Every single time, the ball will bounce back because you're using force, and the force is coming back. These forces are called action and reaction. This is what is called, this is part of what is called the fundamental symmetry principles of the universe. They haven't found out one single instance in the universe where this doesn't happen. It's happening to you right now. You're sitting in your chair. The reason why you're not falling down to the center of the earth is because your body is putting force on the chair and the chair is, putting, is, is pushing you up with the same force. That is exactly the reason why you're not going all down, but it's happening in every aspect of our life. If you eat bad food, you get fat. That's what happens. No, action and reaction. If you look for trouble, most likely you're going to find it. If you plant a seed on the ground, eventually this will grow. Action and reaction. If you jump, you're going to fall. If you punch me, I punch you back. No, that's not what we do. That's not what we do. I know all of you thought about it. That's not what we do. Put the other chick, right? Um, but like I said, they haven't found a single instance in the universe where this doesn't apply. So I wonder, if the creator of the world the creator of the universe, who created this law, applies something similar to our spiritual life. Let's go to Daniel chapter 2 to explain something here. What is happening here before these verses is that this king, Nebuchadnezzar, right, he, he's freaking out. He's literally freaking out. He had this dream, more like a nightmare kind of thing, and he cannot sleep. He, he's worried about, and he called over all of his people, right, the magician, enchanters, you know, people that interpret stuff. The weird people of the, of the kingdom, right? He called them to interpret the dream. So when they come, the king is very smart. And he says, tell me the dream and the interpretation so I am pleased. And the people is like, uh, well, um, let's do this. You tell us the dream and then we tell you the interpretation. But the king is smart, right? He said, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. My dream is important. Tell me the dream and the interpretation so I'm pleased. And the people is like, well, you know what? Why don't you just tell us the dream? And then we tell you the interpretation. So the king gets mad, right? He said, I know you don't know anything. I mean, this is my version, right? I know you don't know anything. Basically, he's telling you're just trying to make time because you don't have an answer for me. So the king gets mad and he creates this decree in which every single wise person in the kingdom is going to get killed. Obviously, Daniel and his friends are part of these wise people. And this is where we come in verse 16 and says... At this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time, so that night, so that he might interpret the dream for him. Now, notice something here really important in this verse. Immediately, when Daniel finds out about this decree, he, he doesn't even think. He doesn't hesitate. He just takes action. He goes to the king. And now, this is something that you need to know. You just don't enter in the king's court just because you're Daniel. You don't do that. You can get killed for it. Seriously, this is important. It's, I mean, it's like a, you don't go to the White House and say, I'm here. That doesn't happen. You need to be, you know, you need to have an appointment. There are certain things that you need to follow. But then it's like, I'm taking action. I need to talk to your king. What is the first thing he asks? Time. The king creates a decree because the people were trying to make time. It's an insane situation. And that is exactly what Daniel is doing. So notice this. Daniel 
didn't have an answer for the king when he enters the room. He didn't have a revelation about the dream of the interpretation. He didn't know anything. He basically went there unarmed, putting his life at risk, at risk, putting everybody else's life at risk too. Who in the right mind does that? Nobody. You know how much you prepare for a job interview? Well, today we have internet, right? You watch a bunch of videos, every single question. Uh, you, you, you create your resume, which needs to be you know, well presented. And for example, I work in sales, so you need to know every single question, the typical question, sell me this pen. You, know, you need to be prepared for that kind of thing, Do your tone of voice. You need to have your script before you go to the job interview because you want the job. How much do men prepare for the proposal to their future wife? Men don't want to tell you this, but we prepare. We prepare for this kind of thing. We write it out. We visualize it. We think about it. We pray for it. Because she's going to a girl that's like, hey, girl, you want to be my wife? That doesn't work. That is not going to give you good results, right? You need to be prepared. The same with lawyers. You know, lawyers prepare. They study the case. They go to the police. They talk to the witnesses. There is a lot of preparation before doing this kind of thing. But Daniel took that step forward, even though he, he didn't have anything on his favor, but one belief, that God will do something. Daniel commits to this action without any foundation, but trusting God. Daniel took a step forward without anything to sustain his claim, but trust in God. Daniel didn't doubt because he trusted God. Now, usually we read the Bible, and we try to take away the humanity of these people. Right? We kind of pull away the reality of the situation. And we think that people like Daniel, they are just special kind of people, you know. And somehow God treats them better, and they have more favor among the people, and, you know, miracles happen. That is not the case. This is regular people, just like you and me. And actually, in this case, Daniel is stepping into the king's court without any assurance from God. He doesn't know if God is going to do something. And we read this in verse 17, and I can almost feel his desperation, right? In verse 17 says, Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, three names that I'm not going to mention, and he urged them, right? He urged them, like this is an emergency, guys. Urged them to plead, to pray earnestly for mercy, for the grace of God, for compassion, from God of heavens concerning this mystery, so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the white men in Babylon. So, so far, God is not in the picture. That's not to say that Daniel is without God. That is incorrect. Why? God is with Daniel, and Daniel is with God. The problem is that at this point, Daniel doesn't know if God is going to fix this problem. He doesn't know if God is going to react, right? But no matter what, Daniel is expecting something. Daniel is expecting a reaction from God. Simple principle that we can learn from our life. Sometimes we need to act for God to react to our actions. Sometimes we need to act for God to react to our actions. And when you read the Bible, you're going to find this everywhere in the Bible with these people. For example, Samson. He wasn't the best guy, right? He got in trouble. At the end of his life, he was basically in jail, blind. You know, a whole... Life was trouble, but at a certain point, he tells the guards, put me between the two pillars. At this point, he doesn't know if God is going to give him the strength, but he's putting action. And when he puts action, then he prays, and he's capable of pulling the thing down, and everything's fall down. 
That's Samson. Then you have Moses. You know, when, when the Egyptians finally corner the, the Israelites, right, the Hebrew people in, against the Red Sea, they freak out. We're going to die. Oh, no. We were ready in Egypt. In Egypt blah, 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 blah. And Moses is like, this is my version, right? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. God is going to do something. Just watch. He's going to do it. He doesn't know. He really doesn't know. Then he turns back and God is like, why are you talking to me? Just, just do it. You know, he, he, God reacted, right? Moses said, God is going to do an action, and then God reacted. Then you go to the Gospels, right? And you follow this, find this woman. This woman is bleeding. She's been sick for so long. She doesn't have any answer. And then she said, maybe if I put a little action, maybe if I just, you know, go in and touch him, I will be healed. Action and reaction. She doesn't know that that's going to happen. She doesn't have a clue. But she put the action, and then, as we know, she got healed. Action and reaction. But that is not the way how we see our Christian life today. We just don't. Somehow, we came to this belief that God doesn't act this way anymore. We strip all the power from God. The most amazing and powerful being in existence, and somehow we create this God in our minds that just doesn't do much. Just doesn't do much. Just think about this. Let's say that you know another Christian, not from this church, right? But another Christian from another church, and this person tells you, so-and-so got healed. The person got healed. No, not just like, a, you know, I got a call and I pray and I heal. No, not that kind of healing, right? Like real healing. Like this person was paralyzed for years and now he's walking. I don't know, grew a limb or something like that, right? Something crazy that you cannot even picture the immediate uh, question in their minds is like, ah, maybe not. I don't think that's possible. We question what God can do all the time. Jeremy's coming, right? Jeremy's coming here to be the preacher. Let's say that he comes in at the second month of his ministry. He said, you know what, guys? I know what we're going to do. In 10 years, we're going to have a church of 50,000 members. The majority of you are going to be like, uh, okay, yeah, for sure. The ones that believe a little, they're going to say, okay, 50,000 members, 10 years, a ton of days, these weeks. Calculate, it's like, it's not happening. <laughs> it's just not happening, Jeremy. What are you doing? It's not happening. The question is, why? Who are we talking about here? The God of heaven who breaks the Red Sea open, that walk on water, that break every single law of physics in the universe? The most powerful being in existence? Is that the God that we're talking about? So what we question so much? Is it because God can do this thing? Or because God can only do it in our terms? In our mind frame? In what we believe? Somehow, we Christians came to the belief that if we act, God will not react anymore. Somehow, we came to that conclusion. We don't even know about it. Sometimes we don't even ask God for great things because we fear that he will not do what we're asking him to do. We fear that he will not react. But you know what? We still believe that we need to do something because we're Christians. You know, we need to do our part here. So what do we do? Because of our fear, we pray. And we pray. And we pray. And we pray, and we have phrases to justify this. We say, prayer should never be the last resource, but the first one. And that's partially true, but actions speak louder than words. 
One thing is to talk about injustice in the world, human rights, and just pray about it. Another thing is put your money on a foundation. Go to a country and fight for it. One thing is to say that we are Christians supposed to love people. That's great. Another thing is to serve the person that hurts you. It's to hug somebody that you don't want to hug. That is love. Stay faithful to your marriage no matter how hard it is. That is love. One thing is to say, well, we're supposed to be great Christians in the world. Another completely different thing is to actually live as a Christian in this world. It's a completely different thing. We are accustomed to believe that we're supposed to precede actions. And that's the reason why we pray so much. And I don't think that's how God works sometimes. I don't think God wants for you to pray for a new job. I think he wants for you to get up, try to find a job while you're praying. I think that's what he's trying to do here because we're in a partnership. This is not like a genie in the lamp that you ask and suddenly things come down. It's a partnership. It's a relationship. In a relationship, you work together. There is no more way on one side of the other. And I don't think God um, is going to react this way if we don't actually put actions on our, on our words. I think it's crucial for us to understand that, um, that we need to act without really knowing exactly if God will react. Because when we act without knowing, we are making a statement of faith. As you're saying, God, I'm going into this situation, this issue. I don't have a solution. I don't know how this is going to get resolved. So you please do something. Because I, I can't do anything else in this mess. And I think God will do something in that case. But for different reasons, we don't do that. We just don't do that. We, we, we feel too comfortable in our life. We don't like to take a risk on stepping off on faith, not even for God. But think about this for a second. If whatever risk you are trying to take, whatever you are trying to accomplish for God, you know, whatever that is in your mind, you know with 100% certainty that is possible, then God is not needed. It's not needed. When humans' hands are capable, God is not needed. Why? I mean, you can do it. The people around you can do it. So why is God going God to show up? There is no need for it. I want to live a life where, where God's power is show in every aspect of it. I don't want to live a life that I create for myself. That's what everybody else does. I want to live a life when people look at me and say, how in the world did that even happen? Like, there is no, I don't believe in God, but this is weird. I mean, this could never be without God. I want for people to look at a church that way. Because when we live that way, then we are a true reflection of God just like the people in the Bible that we just mentioned. I heard one guy saying one time that if the police were looking to arrest Christians, it wouldn't find enough evidence to put us in jail. You think about that. Think about that for a second. And then we say, well, but I mean, I'm a good Christian. Why? Well, I'm a good person. I treat everybody kindly. I help the poor. I pay my taxes. I'm, I'm married and I'm faithful. I know people that doesn't believe in God that does exactly that every single day. That's their life. So how come to make you a good Christian? It's when God shows up in our life that we can show to the world that we are in partnership with God. 
And that is the kind of life that I want to live. What happens when somebody looks at a church? What do you want to, they look at a church? You want them to look at a church like, ah, this is another church. Or, wow, this is, this is different. God is here for sure. That is what I want. That is the type of church that I want. People don't need to see normal people. There's a lot of that out there. They need to see the Daniels of our time. The Pauls of our time. The people that you read in the Bible were just like you and me. But they took a step forward and make it happen because they believe in God more than whatever surrounds them. And that's where we need to be. They need to see faith in actions. Faith translated into actions. What you will find out is that when you actually do this, God will always react. Every single time. And we see this in verse 19. During the night, the, the, the mystery ways revealed to Daniel in the vision. The mystery was revealed to Daniel in the vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven, and then later he goes to the king and actually tells him the dream, the interpretation, and the king prays the Lord of Daniel. A person that doesn't even believe in your God, praise God for what he just saw happening. How many, thing, how many times that happened in our life? How many times? And that is exactly what Daniel did. We need to act for God to react. That needs to be a constant practice in a life. Let's not live a life with so much security and certainty, but let's trust in God. And I'm not saying this is going to come easy, okay? I'm not saying this is simple. And I'm not saying that God is always going to react the way we want it. What I can tell you is that God will react. Whatever that reaction is, that's the right reaction. So, but if you don't take action, God is not doing anything. You need to take actions in the matters. I want a life that said, I'm doing everything I can so God can react. That's the life that I want to live. Right now, we are in a transition time in this church, right? And Jeremy is coming and everybody's excited. Guys, if, if we don't put actions, nothing is going to change. The new preacher is just another person that is going to help us, but the action has to be here, in this place. So you need to react. You need to act so God can react. So what are you doing right now? What can you do for the church? I'm not talking about, you know, getting a new job or getting a new car and that kind of thing. No, I'm talking about what are you doing for God's purpose? What can you do that you're not doing right now? Take that step. Take it, and God will react if this is according to his purpose. And I know some people, you know, they will say, they, may, they, may, they might disagree with this kind of teaching, right? And I get it. But just think about this. Consider these few things. If Daniel would have not taken that step forward, all the wise men in Babylon would have been killed. It was thanks to Daniel taking this action that people actually got safe, physical, right? Physical safe. If Daniel would have not taken that step forward, he wouldn't have been a reflection of God to the king of Babylon. Just, just think about that. He wouldn't have been a reflection of God on earth, which is what we need to do. If Daniel would have not taken that step forward, God would have not acted. You see the potential in here? If Daniel didn't take an action, God wouldn't have acted. So what happened if the reason why God seems to be so inactive today is because we Christians, we are not acting enough? 
That's a question that we honestly have to ask to ourselves. And lastly, if Daniel would have not taken that step forward, God would have not been glorified. And that's sad because the only reason why we live here on earth is to glorify God. So my question to you is, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? You have something inside you. That's the reason why you're here. And God knows that. You know that. So take that step. Do something. Move. Act. So God can react. And live such a faithful life that God will be more than pleased to react to what you're doing. God bless you guys.